0: Hey, what's going on? I'm Russ and I had a really cool conversation with a rock star dividend investor whose new album Bloodlines you can find linked below. And we talked about how he likes to invest in other people's bad habits, some top positions in his portfolio and some dividend stocks that he's buying right now. Before we get to the chat, don't forget that you can sign up for my free weekly newsletter in the description below or head on over to DapperDividends.com. And if you'd be so kind, consider tapping that thumbs up Button so we can get more guests like jonah on the channel so jonah man it is finally awesome to have you here and uh, kind of like mr rogers you know who are the people in your neighborhood well you are in our neighborhood and uh dude so very happy to have you on the channel finally
1: russ thank you so much for having me it is an honor to be here i've been a fan let's talk about music let's talk about money some of the best things in life right Dude,
0: I, I, i'll drink to that i'll drink some uh some caffeinated tea to that
1: Cheers, I just have uh, some of my Brita filtered water.
0: Too early in the day for, uh, for anything else, I think. So yeah, let's just, real quick, just who are you, where are you from? you know? I mean, like I always say, we don't have to go back to Ellis Island. So who is Jonah?
1: Well, I was born and raised in Vermont. I've lived all over the USA and a few other countries as well. Um, Australia being one, Denmark. I'm a professional musician. I'm a keyboardist, pianist, composer. Um, I play in three symphonic metal bands in Europe. I play in Pyramids. I've been in that band for 22 years and we're on AFM records. I play uh, in Catalyst Crime. That's my band based in Germany. I've been in that band for five years or something four years and we're on massacre records and then i have a new band that i actually can't even discuss yet because i'm coordinating with the record label um as far as announcing it it's a big deal for me and i'll be super excited to get that out there that's what i was in denmark last week shooting a music video for
0: yeah you were telling me a little bit about denmark that it was your uh, your coldest shoot ever and for a lot of us regular working stiffs i mean how is that just you're you play in metal bands for a living i mean is, are you living the dream every day
1: it feels that way uh i'm also also a studio musician, like for hire, kind of. So I work with a lot of bands from all over the world, um, mostly from Europe, that hire me to compose orchestration for their albums. Example: the new Leaves Eyes album, which is coming out on AFM Records this spring, I believe. Um, they hired me to compose orchestration for their whole album. That's like a Viking metal epic viking metal band i love i love what i do i'm, I'm deeply passionate about
0: it Ooh, viking metal we just and of mm-hmm. course i can't remember their name they opened up for ghost they were on tour with ghost this summer opening up and we saw them a big a third at the big like they had the viking ship and I, it was it was nuts dude i had never seen them really not that familiar with them I, I got a question with all these people you've met in the music industry to you who is the most famous person that you've met or played or worked with
1: probably uh I guess Dave Elfson from Megadeth, I've worked with him, or um, Tina Guo, who does... She's Hans Zimmer's cellist. She does like all the Hans Zimmer live stuff, and she plays on a lot of the big uh, movie and video game scores and and that
0: kind of thing. We talked about that before. So Dave Elfson used to play... He's known from being the bass player in Megadeth, and that's back to to my high school days and uh, my Navy days. I was just always a big fan of Megadeth. Enjoyed seeing them, and... I got to see the Misfits when they reunited open up for Megadeth so for me that was like one of my seminal concerts that I will always always remember at the Aragon Brawl Room in Chicago so for those of you that are familiar and may have been there interesting thinking that you've spent a lot of time in Europe we we can get to that I don't know if that influences Mm -hmm. your investing at all but it does uh, when when did you start investing how long have you been on this uh, investing journey
1: April 6th of 2020 was the the day that I bought my first stock. So that's my uh, investing anniversary. And so the pandemic crash had just happened. A dude that I worked with was like, Oh, hey, Jonah, you should download this app on your phone and buy this stock. I think it was um, Halliburton or something. So at first, it was just like, I was like, Oh, okay. And so I bought $100 of it. And then I just watched it go up. And I'm like, Oh, so this is how easy this is, right? I guess, you know, (laughs) but of course, it was like post pandemic. So everything was at 10 year lows or whatever. And so I just kept buying stocks and just watching them go up and up. There was one day where I I took a nap in the afternoon and I woke up and I looked at my phone and it was like, you've received a dividend from some dumb stock that I own that I probably don't own anymore. And uh, I was like, what is a dividend? I had no idea. So I started looking it up on YouTube. I'm like, so these stocks just give you money for just, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, how have I lived uh, 37 years of my life and not known about this? And so, yeah, and then my my YouTube curiosity led me to you and Ryan and um, Darth Dividend and Dividend Bowl. And I used to watch a lot of the Bowtie Guy.
0: Joseph Hogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I've sort of just become obsessed with, infatuated with this concept of financial freedom. The way that it ties into my music career is just that I've made so many great friends all over the world who are always like, oh, Jonah, come visit, you know, come visit and do this and that and the other. And I just, I just want to be able to make enough from dividends that I don't have to work like that i don't become a slave to anything i do i bartend part-time also four nights a week as well to supplement my income and to create more income to be able to then invest and have the dividends snowball rolling and everything like that so yeah i just want to be able to spend the last half of my life traveling and doing music as i see fit
0: dude you you nail that it. it's because when when we're trading hours for dollars that can be okay but if we just spend everything we got then we're going to constantly and always be trading hours for dollars and yeah i i I always use that quote from warren buffett that says if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep you're gonna work until you die but for him and you use the word snowball again there's a a big book that i've been slogging my way through uh called the snowball it's it's about warren buffett and Mm -hmm. dude he's essentially been retired since he was about our age i mean what he does now he it's not work to him it's like you said man we just can't we have to have some kind of income something coming in uh passively i think Unless you, you know, you can work until you die. But who wants to do that? Where's the fun in that? Maybe you're going to play keyboard until you die, though, right?
1: I will. Yeah, I will. I mean, as a musician, if I was relying on music for 100% of my income, then I'd be having to take jobs that I didn't want to do. And it feels good to turn things away, to say no. And um, I finally, you know, started doing that over the last few years. I don't want to play country music or, you know, like stuff like that. I've done, like, rap beats before for, you know, it's just not, it's, easy and whatever but it's just not my passion so i just want to be able to focus on the parts of my career that i really enjoy
0: and that people know me for you made me th- i just i always listen to do you ever check out the uh, dividend talk podcast
1: who does that
0: so you have to it's uh derek which is there's two guys on twitter that's how they met uh, engineer my freedom his name is derek he's near dublin ireland and then uh european dividend growth investor he is the second half of it and he is over in poland right now he remains anonymous so we'll keep his i'll keep his identity anonymous but yeah they're uh european centric they they talk a lot of us investing but they do a lot of european they'll do meetups and they talk european investing they have a blog so thinking about that european thing when you're over in europe what do you get ideas is there any european things that you invest in anything like that
1: not at the moment there's like Like some foreign taxes you have to pay on your dividends, which is also why I've avoided Canadian stuff as well because it's just like more taxes. I don't know. I know a lot of people in the community are big on the Canadian banks and all that. Um, (laughs) This guy, but uh, I do have a friend in Denmark that I met on the dividend growth investing Facebook page, and it's interesting to see what it's like for someone from Denmark to be investing in seemingly mostly American companies. And we've had some good conversations.
0: What's been like one of your biggest lessons that you've learned throughout doing this whole thing? Another day is here
1: and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. I mean, invest in what you know is a good one. Don't uh, pick your flowers to water your weeds. That's one, right? That's a Buffett thing, isn't it?
0: Uh, I I think Peter Lynch, maybe. But okay. yeah, dude, it's close. Honestly, it could be, uh, you know, I've put it this way. I've, I've seen it attributed to Peter Lynch, but I've never heard the man say it. But I think it's from his one up on Wall Street book. And but either way, it, it's it's just such a great quote. And dude, I've been so guilty of doing that, selling things that were at all time highs to put it into something that was way beaten down. And then you look back and it's like, oh, so I sold part of a good business or all of a good business to buy more of a business that's struggling like that was dumb what the hell was i thinking but again it's right. part of the lesson right
1: well, i was way up on abr arbor realty and I had a big position in that. And I saw so I, I was like, well, I sold all of that and put it into Visa. And I just bought this huge chunk of Visa in December, which I'm already really happy about. So things like that are just money printing machines. You know, I read that like Visa makes like $4 million an hour. So all right, here's here are Jonah's to my philosophies. Be smart enough to listen to people that are smarter than you. Right. So that's like a threshold. So it's like you have to like be like, OK, I don't know anything, but I'm smart enough at least to listen to people like Warren Buffett or, or Russ from Dapper Dividends or Ryan Williams. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't link me in the ne- My God, that's uh, OK. I'll take it. But yeah, I mean.
1: So there's that. Right. And then um, you might think this is funny, but I like to invest in other people's bad choices, but without making them myself. Mm. Example, Starbucks, right? So I own Starbucks stock, but I try not to go to Starbucks, right? There's always like a line of SUVs around the Starbucks building for the drive through because all these people are addicted to caffeine and sugar. And they're spending $10 for a cup of coffee, whatever. But it makes more sense to me to invest in their habits than have those habits myself and take all the money I'm saving from not going to Starbucks myself, but instead investing in the company. So I'm getting a piece of that action. Dude,
0: I love that. But, you, I mean, that's almost anything you can think about. Starbucks, I mean, Visa, right? You just said Visa. I have Visa right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's just so many, like we invest in, you know, we're you, you've heard us talk about uh, Altria, so we're a little conflicted on that because we think oh, yeah. that, in my mind, somebody can go once a week or twice a month to McDonald's, it's not healthy for you, but you can, res- you know, I think responsibly enjoy it, but I don't know, and not be harmed, but I don't know how you responsibly enjoy cigarettes and not be harmed by by that tobacco which and also by the way my god is it expensive i was at a gas station yesterday the guy in front of me was buying one pack of he said marlboro reds or marlboro light reds whatever it is Mm -hmm. it was almost 16 dollars a pack before tax i just my mind was wow that is nuts that you will pay that for that but yeah so what other uh, yeah
1: yeah so what other uh,
0: do you got there for your bad habit investing
1: well, yeah, I mean, just like back to Visa, for example, like I pay off my credit card every single Monday, so I keep my balance at zero no matter what, but I invest in Visa stock, and I know that, you know, credit card debt is a is a problem in America, and it's not, it's not going to go away because people spend money on things that they can't afford, so there's that. I don't invest in Altria because my mom passed away from cancer when I was really young, not from smoking, she just had cancer, and then I've had other, you know, close people in my life pass away from cancer so it's like i have i do have a line that i won't cross as far as sim stocks go vici properties um i like that one people gamble so they're gonna gamble regardless of whether i invest in it or not people are creatures of habit and as a as a bartender i have it's been illuminating and i've learned so much about that the same people come to the bar every single day and they drink and they eat food that's bad for them and they Mm. they gamble because we have this thing called pull tabs here i don't know if that's a thing in chicago yeah it's
0: not not in illinois but when we go up to wisconsin they have it and shout out it's called hosed on brady it's right next to a firehouse actually after we saw ghost my wife and i went there it's called Mm. the i don't know five alarm special or something some firehouse special where you get i think a pbr a shot of maybe jack daniels and a pull tab for three or four bucks something like that five bucks but yeah it's uh it's addicting those pull tabs yeah i'm gonna have to put a picture up on them because a lot of people aren't gonna know what we're talking about so uh that'll be uh, right yeah i
1: i had never heard of them Uh, i moved to minnesota 12 years ago and i was like what is this and yeah
0: why did you move to minnesota i'm sorry because it just seems so damn cold up there and that's coming from somebody from chicago
1: right well i mean i grew up in vermont so it's not that different i came here for music i had a band that was based here at the time and then i was also going to executive produce this other band music's taking me all over but um i really like minnesota the people here are great and nice. sorry
0: uh, to derail you so blue no, tabs and Vici. yeah right
1: so that's just our you know our gambling thing here i mean there's a treasure island casino like 45 minutes from where i live yeah you know instant gratification right so people go for the poll tabs here
0: vici's been buying up bowling alleys too for those of you, you that don't know bolero they've been buying and uh funny after this <clears throat> we're gonna go bowling and my sister-in-law will not go to a bolero because she says they're just way too expensive so part of me it's like well you know vici owns them i don't know which you know if they own the one by us but it's it's kind of interesting to watch a vici that's expanding past gambling they want to get into family entertainment family experience things they want to get into water parks things of that nature and it's just fun i'm a big fan of vici too i do own vici (laughs) And their CEO, Ed Petoniak, I really do like him. And I think it's got a good growth vector on it. And they're trying to go in the right direction. And I mean, you can only buy so many casinos, I suppose, right?
1: Maybe, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them out there for sure. Don't they make their tenants sign like 45 year leases or something too so i
0: don't know the the extent on it but i should know that but yeah they do have long-term leases with their tenants and they have rent escalators built into those kind of to you know mimic inflation and to keep pace with that so just great business being a landlord and right uh, things like that so looking at sin stocks drawing a line that's just so cool man quick question is there any and I don't even know this, I should have looked, but is there any kind of musical stocks? I don't know if Gibson or Fender, I don't know if somebody owns them. Have you ever looked into that? Maybe Casio? Or...
1: The, the thoughts never crossed my mind. I think, honestly, because the music industry just continues to, to be on the decline. Kids today, they don't pay money for music, so they don't value it. And I'm surprised that Guitar Center has still found a way to stay in business. And I've noticed the keyboard department at guitar center keeps shrinking and shrinking
0: before we recorded we hopped on and uh, i was telling you how my 16 year old daughter loves the keyboard and plays keyboard and you reminded me of just job skill in in anything you want to do something that there's not a lot of people and you were saying that if you were a guitar player it'd be really hard to find work but for a metal keyboard player there's not a lot of you out there, so you are able to find work and hold employment. So that goes with anything, just in an industry, if if it's not a, well, it has to be in demand too, right? You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't just stay uh, being a saddle maker, uh, you know, the turn of the century. But yeah, that's just a great supply and demand thing. And it, it reminds me of stocks. I mean, stocks that are in demand, there's a limited supply, so they're going to be in demand and the price is just eventually going to go up on those.
1: It's better to be a big fish in a small pond be good at something that most people are not.
0: Good advice. Just good solid advice, Jonah. So what are some of your uh, what are some of your top positions that you got in your portfolio? Maybe your top 2 or 3?
1: I'll tell you. I think I can I wrote down my top 10. Main Street Capital, Visa, Lowe's, O Realty Income, Starbucks, Broadcom, which has been my single best investment. And I'm just like, do I just keep buying Broadcom? They just keep going up and their dividend growth is insane. Their CAGR, sorry microsoft uh vici american tower and i did start a position in chevron just because they're they're around 52 week lows right now and so i'm just gonna hold on to that one for a while until i don't know if it'll like shoot up because of the election or whatever is going on so that was more of a, a shorter term play but yeah those are some of my biggest
0: chevron i like I think oil's gonna be with us for a while uh, you know we talked about again European dividend growth investor he's still big into oil and he says the best time to buy oil stocks is when everybody hates it when everybody says that this is the end of oil it's going out of they're going away and he says it's gonna be many 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 years until uh, oil and it's in so many products other than gasoline although that is a huge part of it
1: yeah there's blood in the water so just send in the sharks right Uh, it, it was like I had been investing long enough to know You know, when the regional bank thing was going on um, last spring and everyone was freaking out, I was like, okay, so I'm just going to buy a bunch of regional bank stocks then. And I'm so glad that I did and that I knew that just to buy the fear, essentially.
0: Yeah, I I did the same thing. And the way it turned out, I think I heard the phrasing that it wasn't a banking problem. It was a problem with some banks, if that makes sense. So it wasn't (laughs) just... I remember Prudential because I've held Prudential for a while. They got hammered just almost anything in the financial sector was hammered and beaten down i remember i went i should have went more but with main street capital man i got around 150 shares i bought around 37 a share and i was hoping to buy more i wanted to get that to 200. same thing with aries capital that was at 17 ish and it's just recovered that's the problem yeah. with these things these damn things when you get the dip you got to catch it and you don't you don't know how long it's going to be down there until the Man, darn thing recover so quick
1: i love main street capital that's a stock that i've owned since um like summer of 2020 something i got into right away when i discovered dividend investing and it's just been this like rock in my portfolio and i love the special dividends they, they've been paying too quarterly it's insane
0: yeah and the thing about main street too uh because that's one of of our considerations you know we were talking about Altria and my grandfather died of lung cancer or my wife has lost People because of well these are older people back in the day and you got to cut them a little slack when there was doctors on TV saying you know they smoke uh, Pall Mall for vitality and their health <laughs> it's easy to see why some people when your doctor's smoking and saying you should do it too yeah we know better nowadays and main I was thinking about switching Altria into Main Street Capital because I you know and that might be a little yield chasing there but I'd like to keep a higher yield and the way you can think of it is Main Street capital they help provide funding to small businesses to try and grow to become big businesses so they're almost performing way more of a societal good than an Altria is with tobacco which you know is yeah potentially a melting ice cube less people you know using tobacco products as well do you mm-hmm. know anybody nowadays that smokes cigarettes because i i can't i struggle to think of anybody
1: i mean i do know a few people They're, um, you know, like some of the people that are, that work at the bar where I bartend still do their dedication. I mean, aside from the ridiculous cost of cigarettes or whatever, but their dedication to smoking, like standing outside and sub zero Minnesota temperatures. What (laughs) dude, pick a new, pick a new vice or something, you know? (laughs) It makes no yeah, sense at all.
0: Good where like you can be a little warmer, I guess. Yeah,
1: coffee. I'm a coffee guy.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I never got into coffee, yeah, but yeah, we we know people there. There you go, coffee. So I, I Starbucks, right? But I won't pay. Right. We dude. I. I. We were at a. My daughter also plays volleyball. We were at a tournament a few weekends ago. And I think the number was—I I tweeted it out. I think 25% of the parents had a Starbucks cup because it—it started at 7:38 in the morning. It was pretty early, so I—I I couldn't believe how many Starbucks cups I was seeing of people that had just stopped at Starbucks on the way to the tournament. And I, dude, I was pleased as punch as a Starbucks shareholder. But that's a great thing. A great point you illustrated there with investing in people's bad habits. I freaking. Freaking love that. That might be the title of this. You know, what are you buying right now? Then what? You know, you've listed some of your top positions, but what's something that you've bought recently and uh, you're uh, most interested in?
1: Well, I have a friend that um, that works at uh, United Healthcare, and um, so I started a position in United Healthcare. I knew that was a great stock anyway because I see people talking about UNH all the time and like the different groups and and things. But he was saying um, it's a really good idea to buy UNH. Um, towards the end of March specifically Hmm. and I was like okay why he had this explanation for it or whatever and then so I looked at the historical data and I was like wow he's right it's like there's always a dip um you know in February or March or whatever and then it kind of shoots back up I don't know if that qualifies as insider trading but you're welcome
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's too. that would be just public knowledge available no it's insider for this channel for us but yeah it's not that would not uh, qualify and that's you know that's kind of one of the funny things that that you just re- triggered in my brain was that if if it's data that everybody can see then it's not a secret it's not an advantage if everybody knows about it and that's the hard part about investing and it can be tricky but the future right so that's the quantitative if you can quantify it on a spreadsheet or on a stock chart or anything like that it's already known information but the qualitative, meaning the things that we can't see that haven't happened yet that we think are going to happen, I think that's where the best money is made. And yeah, UNH, man, that's a that's a solid one. That's always one of those, those I wish I would have held on to. Uh, funny story, back in maybe 2019 this is i was swing trading so if you remember my story i started penny stocks around 2017. i remember thinking you know what i can figure this stock market thing out i'm gonna spend a couple months and then i'll be able to quit my job because i'll be a stock trader <laughs> so stupid I <laughs> started with penny stocks then uh, graduated to swing trading and it was in that swing trading phase i located unh and of course that was the most I ever put into a stock. I wanna say it was 200, just over 200 a share maybe. And I remember that I couldn't believe I was buying 10 shares, putting a little over two grand into one thing. And that was a little unnerving to me, you know, whatever. you you When you swing trade, you look for levels. When it hits that level, you get out and then you look for another one. And I think it was UNH in that time that I received the dividend i was same thing like you man i was like the hell is this dividend you know what the hell is this and that was mm-hmm. one of the things that kind of put that seed in my mind that started growing but so unh started buying what uh what else i yeah. think i know you said chevron
1: yeah i mean i guess my most recent big purchases were chevron unh and visa was my biggest and i actually bought more i brought more broadcom broadcom so it's the biggest position in my portfolio probably around Ten to twelve percent of my portfolio is Broadcom, but they just yeah, raised their dividend dude. again. They raise their dividend every December. And Solid it's company, so insane. I'm trying to be more aggressive, I guess. You know, with some of my risk and stuff like that, because I don't, I don't want to retire or retire whatever when I'm in my sixties. I'm forty right now. I'd like to be financially free by like forty-five, and so I'm kind of trying to think about like ways that I can do that. I mean, Microsoft never stops. Growing also, and with the AI thing coming, and I know they have a hand in that. And
0: we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be like uh, as far as the tech wreck that happened back with the bubble and valuations being crazy. So I don't know. I don't. We nobody knows what's going to happen. And Broadcom has certainly been one that I've always felt was expensive and too too overpriced and overvalued. And look how couldn't have been more wrong. could not have been more wrong about that
1: would there be a stock split then probably eventually right with it if it just keeps
0: maybe you know maybe I know Berkshire doesn't ever want to they've never done a stock split because they just want people to keep holding they don't want to they don't want to get people just trading in and out and doing things like that I know they started their B shares but yeah and, and really for those of you watching with a stock split all that that means is That they're just making the the pie is the same if it's a pizza cut into four pieces and now you have that same pizza and you cut it into eight pieces it didn't grow it didn't shrink there's just more pieces and they're just smaller so it makes it a little bit more uh, palatable to people because if you see a $800 share price and they split you know and they do what like a four for one then it'll be $200 a share so it'll be more I think I'm bad in math. I'm pretty sure that's right. So what's, what are your plans going forward? What's your, uh, you, you talked about not wanting to work forever and maybe being a little more aggressive,
1: not working a normal person job, you know, there you go. That's, that's what I call my bartending gig. It's my normal person. But yeah, I mean, uh, I do enjoy bartending and, um, like everybody in this town knows me and follows my career and stuff like that with music and everything. So it's, it's, it is fun. But, um,
0: do you want to shout but... out the bar, you bartend on
1: yeah it's the uh carboni's kitchen and pub in cottage grove minnesota i have had people bring in like my albums for me to sign before and stuff like that which has been pretty funny as far as investing goes i'm just gonna keep uh watering my good flowers i guess i do have a separate portfolio for the more like kind of reckless stuff full disclosure like i've got a little crypto in there and some of that you're gonna laugh at me but a few of the yield max things which of course are a horrible idea
0: (laughs) no dude hell no i wouldn't (laughs) laugh at you they they've actually i've heard a lot of of people recommend that if you get that itch that you want to go after something crazy or you want to buy this hot penny stock or whatever that you should literally have you know five percent or no more than ten percent maybe of a whole separate portfolio that's completely just your play portfolio you're just you yeah. know you can make some yolo bets in it no i would encourage that because it it lets you scratch that itch while not messing with like the the rock the foundation of your you know your financial future so i Mm -hmm. think that's freaking cool and who knows man you you know you could just hit on one of those and and look what it could do it could be insane
1: well yeah i was like way up on coney and i'm like oh man this is so great and then of course it just like ate the s word and died real real quick and i'm like oh what was i thinking i should have gotten out when it was like 30 a share or whatever anyway but so like i mean on the topic of the covered call etfs i always keep my ear to the ground in that world too like there's some you know, YouTube channels that I follow. Uh, they're like um, entrepreneur investor. I like him and THB Finance. Dividend Bull. I would say is kind of in the middle of the two worlds somehow. Like he he does a lot of like BDcs and reads some of the higher yield things. But my plan is what I have in my mind is that when I'm ready to like transition from doing music and bartending to just exclusively doing music and being financially free or whatever, is that I'm gonna sell off some of my positions and and switch them into things like JEPQ or SVOL, JPI, SPYI, whatever, like, you know, those kinds of things that are sitting in the, you know, the 12 to 17% yield range that pay monthly so then it would just be like getting a paycheck it's just like the stability of them i think that by the time that i'm ready to to do that which will probably be in you know hopefully five years maybe 10 tops they'll just be more of a history with those kinds of things i can feel a little bit better about like selling off my colossal microsoft position and putting it into the you know what i mean
0: yeah so i think you're looking for income uh The Income Factory book by Stephen Bavaria comes to mind, and yeah, it's like you're not worried about uh, capital appreciation, you're not worried about the stock price going up, but you just want that income to keep coming in and keep passing through. Dude, I got a question for you. So do you get any kind of royalties off your music? Is there anything that you get royalty checks from?
1: The thing is, is that I play on five to ten albums a year, average. Some of those albums are my own bands. Most of them are other people's fans that hire me. So like I have uh, like an ASCAP. It's like, yeah, royalties. And it just gets deposited directly into my bank account. It is not a lot of money. If if I was trying to live off of that, every now and then I'll get like 25 50 bucks or something, and it pays quarterly. So it's just like whatever. I just throw it into my stock portfolio. But um,
0: it's not like so- uh, Seinfeld when he was getting all those one penny checks from Japan, and he got thousands of them and got hand cramps trying to sign all the checks for a penny. That sounds
1: hilarious. I, I've only seen maybe like ten Seinfeld episodes in my life. Oh, it's one
0: of my. Favorites. I'm so
1: sorry. I know you yeah, uh you you Gen Xers and you're you're Seinfeld, right?
0: Is that what I am? Maybe. I don't even know what I am. Am I a Gen Xer? I don't even know.
1: If you were born before 81, I think yeah.
0: Uh, I sure was. Last time I checked, I was born in good old right. 1978, right when the punk scene was really starting to take off. And speaking of that, obviously there's <laughs> there's a lot of people that will say like you weren't a, you're only a true punk if you were in the, you know, 77, if you weren't there type of thing. What a slight shift if somebody wanted to get involved in the music industry, what 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 piece of advice would you have? Like is is it hard to do nowadays with anybody that can just pick up their phone and start start a YouTube channel? Or what what is it um, like nowadays?
1: Before I answer that question, I just want to tell you, and I feel like this will give me the, the I'm cool with Russ card. I played at CBGB's before Ooh. it went down, maybe a year or two before they like dismantled it and did whatever. But you know, that's where like the Ramones famously got their start and some other artists and everything like that so uh okay
0: yeah sorry i don't want you just opened up something i could go on a 20 minute tangent on so we'll just right end it there i will say i'm envious and uh that is freaking awesome so yeah ryan might even think
1: that was cool because he's into the old school stuff music industry wise and just to quickly retouch the thing about the royalty thing or whatever Mm -hmm. i make my money in the music industry being paid basically a commission fee to write songs for and play keyboards and orchestration on other bands albums that's how i make my music income the royalties and stuff like that is a joke or like i mean if i you know i recently got a record deal so the you know the label gives you x amount of dollars for an album budget and music videos and tour support if you're lucky that's more of how i make my money is just like getting paid up front for like
0: you have to and then you have to pay everybody else right if you have any kind of crew you have to you have to pay all that yeah correct
1: well i'm i'm pretty self contained which is nice okay advice for people that want to get started in the music industry get really good at some thing that very few other people are good at example the keyboard because it is a dying industry you know people just use their laptop for that kind of stuff these days and always put your best foot forward don't put out music that sounds like crap or looks like crap because the visuals are important too you want to always present a complete package and this is what i always suggest to all of my session work clients that hire me that are like what i call vanity projects where it's like a guy that he works in an office building, but he's a big metal fan and he wants to make an album. So he's going to hire Jonah Weingarten to play on his album or, you know, whatever other guys, you know, they're European based because he wants to make an album. I'm like, hire good musicians to play on your album. Hire uh, someone that's going to make it sound good. So the mix is really important. Um, and then you essentially want to create like an electronic press kit, like, a, you know, a page splash where you have fantastic artwork, And a nice bio written up some of your music that that sounds great and then you get like killer band photos and so that's the thing you can't really cut that many corners and be and still be taken seriously by a record label because record labels get you know a thousand demos or whatever in their inbox every day you know it's easy to weed out the crap and so yeah just put your best foot forward but in every way that you can and yes hire me to play on your album or write songs for you because that will be a good idea (laughs) <laughs> beautiful.
0: Beautiful. So if anybody wants to contact you, uh, I'll have it in the uh, link below, but where would they do that?
1: I have a website, com. My band's pages are dot catalystcrime.com, or you can hit me up on Facebook. Just send me a friend request if you want. Um, say you saw me on Dapper Dividends. Uh, I have my personal page, and then I have a fan page too, the Jonah Weingarten
0: one. I will link to your website in the uh, description below, so man. This was good. We'll have to have you on again. We'll talk, maybe do a live. You guys see in the live chat a lot, which is fun.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'd love to do, um, one of the things too where you know maybe like with you and ryan and darth or something like that would be awesome just to have a like a music guy thrown into the mix I'll, yeah yeah
0: i'll talk to them about it absolutely cool. well good to have you in the loop i'm happy that i was your first we'll see you around and i hope if you want to contact them you do so sure. thank you once again jonah
1: yes thank you so much for having me this was really fun i start every morning watching youtube videos and drinking uh my starbucks k-cups that i get at costco So Starbucks investing, investing in Costco, it's like I'm double dipping, right? And saving money. And I watch watch you guys on YouTube.
0: I appreciate it. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. Thanks for coming on and for everybody watching. We'll talk to you in the next video.